political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to the program. It is a pleasure to be here. If you are listening on Wednesday morning, we are live and you could call in numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 02-650-0151. You can always get those numbers on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So we... uh, we saw a travesty this week, an absolute travesty, and it's a travesty that that's probably avoidable, a travesty that probably could have been uh, could have been changed, a travesty that probably could have been, I don't know, I, I said avoidable already. There's there's only so many ways I could say this, but it's a travesty nonetheless, and that travesty was the UN, the United Nations support, support and sponsorship of Nakba Day. Now, what is Nakba Day? Nakba Day is the day that the, um, that the so-called Palestinians have decided to, um, to, to, to bash Israel, to destroy Israel. This is their day to, to call Israel an apartheid state. This is their day to, to, try, to, uh, to try to delegitimize Israel you know, on the public scale. This is Nakba Day. This is the day that they chose to do this. It also corresponds with the with the secular date of uh, Israel's Independence Day. Now, in the past, the United Nations has sponsored uh, different um, different uh, activities that uh, that surrounded this Nakba Day. Uh, but this year, in particular, this year is the first year, the 75th anniversary of the State of Israel, was the first year that the it's rare that the uh, that the United Nations decided to hold the day in their headquarters in New York. So not only are they supporting the notion that Israel is an illegitimate state, even though they were the organization that created the state of Israel, and they're the organization that creates all countries and makes all countries legitimate. So not only is the organization that created the state of Israel calling Israel an illegitimate state, but they're sponsoring programs that put forth this concept, they're sponsoring programs that allow, they're sponsoring a whole weekend of stuff, which is calling for the destruction of the state of Israel, which is calling for the delegitimization of the state of Israel, which is calling for the... uh, for, for essentially the, the massacre of the people living in the state of Israel. Now, one of the keynote speakers of, um, of, the, of the weekend was uh, Mahmoud Abbas, who is the, um, was the president of the Palestinian Authority. Mahmoud Abbas is an 87-year-old moron who, uh, who, who rose to power through funding and helping organize terror attacks against Jews. He's a murderer. He's a murderer of Jews. And, uh, and, and he is the head of the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. He took over after Yasser Arafat died in 2005. Mahmoud Bass took over. He won the election to be the head of the Palestinian Authority, but lost the general election to Hamas. So, so essentially, the, the people living in the areas that were created by the Oslo Accords decided to choose 
an oppressive terrorist regime to be their leaders over Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the PLO. That's how much respect he had in his own, with his own people. But let's put that aside for a second because he only became head of state. He only became the president after a lot of negotiation, a lot of, uh, a lot of strong arming by the Americans and the Israelis because they didn't want to deal with Hamas. But that, put that aside for a second. They pushed Hamas into Gaza. And now, now Hamas is attacking Israel from Gaza. It's a, to, it's a total mess because the Israeli government messed this whole thing up. So, so it's a total mess. And it's not, it's not the Arabs' fault that this, this mess exists. It's the Israelis' fault that this mess exists. But we'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. Mahmoud Abbas, the 87-year-old leader, who is now on his 18th year of his four-year term, uh, got up in front of the United Nations on Monday. And he, he, he made a couple of really outrageous claims, and he kind of contradicted himself in, 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 in so many different ways. <sighs> He said there's no proof that there are Jewish ties to the area of the Alaska Mosque compound in Jerusalem. He said that you know the Alaska Mosque compound refers to Judaism's holiest site, of course, the Temple Mount and, and, and the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall, the Kotel. They, Israel, he said, dug under Alaska, and they dug everywhere, and they could not find anything. This is what Abbas said. They dug, Israel dug under the mosque, and they dug everywhere, and they couldn't find anything. Really? Really? They couldn't find anything? Have you ever been to Jerusalem? If you haven't, you should visit. And when you're at Jerusalem, go to the Western Wall and take the, uh, the Western Wall tunnels tour. They take you in these tunnels under, under the Western Wall. They didn't find anything. They'll show you what they found. They'll show you a lot of what they found. So, so feel free to, to go and to visit Israel and to take that tour and see how much of a liar Mr. Abbas is. But that's not it. That's not all. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Abbas continued because why not? He has an open floor and he has no opposition and he has an organization that is supporting his delusional fantasies. So why not? So Mr. Abbas continued. And what did he say? He um, he, he continued with... Um, with uh, some more, some more lies. He emphasized that the ownership of the Al Burq Wall, which is the Western Wall, which is the Kotel, and Al Haram Al Ashif, the Temple Mount, belongs exclusively and only to the Islamic Waqf alone. He cited a 1930s League of Nations report that said that he said affirmed this conclusion. It's funny, and, and it always cracks me up. I, I laugh when 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 Palestinian Authority people say this kind of thing. It, it makes me laugh. And what makes me laugh, seriously laugh, is that uh, they cite the League of Nations, a 1930 report from the League of Nations, as if it is law, as if it is. This is the this is the end and all and is all of um, of 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 law of legal standing. But they forget, uh, conveniently forget, that the League of Nations created the Mandate of Palestine. You see, they, they faked themselves. They, they, they called themselves Palestinian under the mandate of Palestine that this was our land before because the mandate existed. But, but they, they tend to ignore the fact that the League of Nations created the mandate of Palestine and gave it to the British with the sole intention of creating a Jewish state. That was the only reason that the mandate of Palestine existed to start with. Now, now that was done. that was done right after World War I. So when you think about 
when you think about um, the Palestinian Authority, which was created in, in, in the late 1960s, in, in 1965, you think about the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian Authority, the PLO, uh, and the Palestinian people, I'll use that term very loosely, they were all created in 1965. Before that, the Palestinians didn't exist. So when you, when you talk about the League of Nations 1930s, the, 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 uh, the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinians didn't exist at the time. And when you talk about the, uh, the, the, the conference that created the Mandate of Palestine, which was there to support the beginning and the, the creation of a Jewish state, uh, the Palestinians didn't exist at that time either. So, so it's interesting that he, he's, he's going back to 1930s to a time where his people or his so-called people didn't exist. It's just mind-blowing that any normal sane person would, would actually listen to this, would actually believe this, and would actually, would actually subscribe to this kind of notion. He also repeated the claim which Israel has denied that the Palestinians were not given freedom of worship at the Alaska Mosque compound. This goes back to a couple of weeks ago, just before Passover, where, um, where, where a group of Arabs decided that they were going to go and kill Jews praying at the Western Wall during Passover. And so what they did was they stockpiled uh, guns and they stockpiled uh, rocks and all sorts of stuff in the Alaska Mosque. They put it into the mosque and they barred themselves into the mosque to go and to, uh, and to sleep there. So in the morning, when the Jews came to pray in the morning, they'd be up there already and they would go and they'd take the stuff and throw it over the wall and hurt and kill and maim as many Jews as possible. So, so, so the Israeli government went in and, and sent their army in to go and remove these terrorists that were sitting in the mosque. Of course, the United Nations and everybody around the world, including the Canadian government and the American government, condemned Israel for removing terrorists that were going there to kill Jews. And this was this was his uh, his response to that was uh, was mentioning that you know the Israelis are stopping us from praying at our mosque. It's a load of bunk, but but there it is, right? He claims that there was close to a million Palestinians that were displaced during the 1948 war, which was is virtually impossible since the Palestinians weren't created to 1965. He says that the uh, United States and uh, Israel bear political and ethical United States and uh, Britain, sorry, Great Britain, bear political and ethical responsibility directly for the Nakba and the Palestinian people because they took part in rendering our people a victim when they decided to establish and plant another entity the Jewish people in our historic homeland. Historic homeland? Well, I don't know how far back in history you want to go, but there were no Palestinians. But he claims to be he claims that the Palestinians were descendants of the Canaanites, and we should read the Bible. But maybe he should read the Bible a little more and realize that the Canaanites were all destroyed. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the how this is the, this is the political hitman. It just makes me laugh. I just laugh. <laughs> It cracks me up because people actually take this seriously. It just it just makes me laugh. I'm 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 finding this really really funny. Uh, it's funny in a scary way, because when he says things like this, and people believe things like this, this is how propaganda is done. So when he talks about this and he talks about it, the United Nations, it's really an official place to talk about it. Then we um, then then you have moronic people who are not really all that educated who believe this kind of thing. And that's how the anti-Israel movement continues. It continues on ignorance. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here in Israel News Talk Radio. Give us a call. Numbers are on the top of the page. IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com.
political hitman. I'm Howie Subaker, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> Part of the Canaanites, really? <laughs> Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the Palestinian Authority, who is now on his 18th year of his four-year term, has spoken at the United Nations. He made a speech on Monday where he called the Israelis lies and then continued for another 10 minutes or 15 minutes, however long the speech took, <laughs> lying continuously and distorting the truth continuously. This was all during the United Nations' great festivities, their, 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 their fiesta of Jew hatred, where they decided that they were going to, to continue the, the lies and the, and the propaganda put forth by the Palestinian Liberation Organization and, and declare Israel an illegitimate state. Now the, now, the United Nations is hypocritical by, for sponsoring events like this because they're the ones who recognize Israel as a state. They're the ones who take money from Israel as a member state. They're the ones who are supposed to be protecting their member states. Yet here they are sponsoring uh, – Israel is the only country in the world, by the way, that, that, has, that has the United Nations sponsoring events which calls to question their legitimacy. They're the only country in the world. It's, it's so sad, scary, and weird that this is what's happening at the United Nations. And even weirder is that, that countries, democratic countries, so-called allies of Israel, are allowing this to happen without, without protest. So Abbas continued. Now, we were just talking about a little bit about what Abbas said, because it's funny. When you, when you think about the propaganda, when you take a look at the, at, the, at, the, at the lies he's saying, and you think about the history, and the problem is that we've degraded history in schools. We've taken history out of schools. We've, we've, we've dumbed down the curriculum so much in all schools, right across the world, that people don't understand that there's history and then there's there's propaganda history and history that people won't, people should know, there's actual stuff that happened and history that you know is made up. And everything that the Palestinian Authority puts out is made up. It's, it's just fabrication after fabrication after fabrication. And, and if you don't believe me, and I, I, I urge you not to believe me when I say this, Please do not believe me when I say that the Palestinian Authority is lying to you all the time. I urge you, I, I implore you, please go out and do the research yourself. Take a look at the facts. And don't look at, uh, don't look at you know, Palestinian Authority websites to try to figure out what the facts are, because they're lying to you. Look at the real facts. Go to real historical websites. Go to historical pictures. Go to historical documents. Go to antiquities websites. And actually learn the facts. Because it's the only way we're going to debunk and it's the only way we're going to, 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 to call out the Palestinian Authority for their lies and call out the media for repeating these lies over and over and over again for over the course of the last 75 years. So, so Mahmoud Abbas, after calling Israel a legitimate state, saying that they, bear, they, they dug under the Temple Mount and they dug under the Western Wall, they found nothing, even though Israel on a daily basis, has tours going under the Western Wall and under the Temple Mount, which shows exactly what they found and shows exactly how this, this area is connected to the Jewish people. But that's irrelevant to Mahmoud Abbas, the 87-year-old tyrant, the 87-year-old dictator. Totally irrelevant to him. I, mean, I guess you get to a certain age and your brain starts going on you, but it's totally irrelevant. He's a Jew murderer, and nobody should take him seriously, but here he is speaking in front of the United Nations on Monday. Really, really a scary scenario when terrorists get to get up in front of the United Nations and the United Nations sponsors events 
put on by terrorists calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. All right, so let's continue with uh, with some more of what he said so we could we could take a look at more of the lies. He took the UK to task for issuing the Balfour Declaration in 1917, which recognized the Jewish right to a homeland in full coordination with the US, but did not recognize the self-determination of the Palestinians. Well, of course it didn't. How could it? We have to understand that the people who call themselves Palestinians are, are a mixture of, of Arabs from different countries. And you could tell which countries they're from but just by looking at their last names. Because different countries have different last names. So if you're from Armenia, your last name ends with IAN. If you're from, uh, if you're from Syria, it ends with IJ. And it, there's, there's different countries that have different ways that their, their last names end. And if you take a look at the people who call themselves Palestinians, you'll see that they come from different countries. They're, they all come from everywhere. Uh, and and they all came together to form this Palestinian liberation organization under Yasser Arafat, who was Egyptian. Uh, they they all came together to form this. Uh, they were put together by the Arab League in 1960s, in 1965. And and the reason they were put together is because Israel had beaten the Arabs in two wars before that, and, and they wanted to destroy the Israelis uh, through terrorism. So through internal terrorism, get the Arabs inside Israel to commit terrorism against the Israelis. They wanted to scare the Israelis out of Israel. That that's really was the goal. And so they, they had external terrorism where terrorism came from outside the country, and they had internal terrorism where terrorism came from inside the country. And Yasser Arafat was the hired gun to go and commit this kind of terrorism and to go and coordinate and commit this kind of terrorism. His right-hand man for many of those years was Mahmoud Abbas. Mahmoud Abbas was the man who financed and, and coordinated the attack on the German Olympics, which killed Israeli Israeli athletes. He, he was the man who, who put that whole thing together. So we got to understand who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a man who has a PhD, and the thesis for his PhD was Holocaust denial. He claims that the Holocaust did not happen. So, so here is a man who, 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 even as a young man, he's an old man now, but even as a young man, had, a, had, a, had an inbred hatred towards Jewish people. And he, he expressed that hatred through murdering them. And now he is supposed to be a statesman. We're supposed to take him seriously. We're supposed to respect him. He's a peace partner. It's the most ridiculous, ludicrous, um, uh, self-destructive thing that the Israelis ever did, accepting Mahmoud Abbas or Yasser Arafat as peace partners. I'm Howie Silberger's political hitman. You could call in, number to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. You uh, could get those numbers on the top of the page at israelnewstalkradio.com. Now, the most outrageous thing that, that Mahmoud Abbas said during his speech at the UN on Monday was this. And I'll, I'll read you the exact quote so you could, you, you could just understand how, how, how much of a Jew hater this man is. The Israelis and Zionists continue their false claims that Israel made the desert bloom, he said. Palestine was a desert and they made it blossom, a paradise. They can't but lie. But what can we do? They lie and lie just like gobbles. They lie, lie, and lie until people believe. Just like gobbles. So he's comparing the Jews. See, it's not the Zionists. It's the Zionists and the Jews. And this is, this is the two-edged sword. So, so somewhere else in the, uh, in the speech, he said, he said, look, I don't hate Jews. I only hate the Zionists. I only hate the people who want to occupy my land. I don't hate everyone else. But here... In this, in this little piece here, he actually, he actually blurred out the truth. He said the stuff that, he, that should remain silent. When, when, he said, when he said, what can we do? Uh, he, the, the Israelis and the Zionists continue their false claims that Israel made. 
he, he, he said the Israelis and the Zionists, and then he said the Jews. So, so he is, he is, he's stopping. He's not being careful anymore, and now he is comparing the Israelis, the Zionists, and the Jews to to Nazis. To Nazis, to to Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister for Hitler in World War II. He said that the early Zionists falsely claimed that Palestine was land without people. But this was never true, Abbas said, adding that the Palestinians were descendants of the biblical Canaanites. That was proven in religious scriptures, including the Torah, he said. Oh, I'm glad he brought in the Torah. It, it is amazing that he brought in the Torah, because the Torah also says that the Canaanites had their own religion, the Canaanites had their own language, and the Canaanites were all destroyed in a war. They were killed. There was not one left. So it's interesting that a, a people that were murdered that were murdered or killed during during war in the Bible, the Bible he's quoting now, the Torah, which clearly says that the Canaanites no longer exist, that he's a descendant of these. And this whole Canaanite thing just came up about a, a six, seven years ago when, when, when it was pointed out that the Palestinians who call themselves Palestinians have no claim to the land. There's no historical people called the Palestinians. There is no historical land, no country called Palestine that ever existed in the land. The big lie was exposed. And in order to to get around that 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 big lie that they had, they they claimed that they were Canaanites, because nobody could really trace anyone back to the Canaanites because they're all dead. He continued, but the biggest lie is the claim that Israel is the only democratic state in the Middle East. How could you have an occupation and still be a democracy? It's an oxymoron to do so. He said Palestinians were not against Jews. We cannot be against Jews because Judaism was one of the three monotheistic religions. I believe in Judaism. I'm also against those who try to occupy my land, he said. In his address, Abbas effectively, uh, alternatively called for a two-state resolution to the Israel-Palestinian conflict on the pre-1967 lines and insisted that he was open to holding talks of Israel to achieve that goal. Why would Israel talk to him? Why would Israel talk to him? He just called them Nazis. This is the most ridiculous, unbelievably mind-blowing speech I've ever heard. Why would he call them Nazis? He called the Israelis Nazis. He's, he's, he's calling them the worst thing you could possibly call anybody in the world. And then he's saying, hey, I want to meet with you. <laughs> well, you know, good for you. I have to remind you, in the 1860s, Mark Twain visited, uh, visited Israel. And he wrote, a, he, wrote a, he wrote a story about it. He wrote, he wrote, you know, there, there was documentation that he was there. And he wrote a story about it. It was a barren wasteland. That there was nobody there. It was an empty, barren wasteland. It wasn't a state. It wasn't a thriving country. There was nobody there. Abbas called for the right to return the Palestinian refugees to land within the pre-1967 lines. And uh, he told you it would be important to be a return of the refugees to their towns and villages in which they were displaced. That this tragedy does not constitute a scar for humanity. He said the UN should implement hundreds of resolutions that issued upholding the rights of Palestinians, including Resolution 181 and 181 from 1947. And I want to get to that way after the break, because Resolution 181 is the funniest thing he's ever said. You are going to laugh when you hear about Resolution 181 from 1947. Because I laughed. When I saw that, I laughed. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to call in. Numbers are on the top of the page on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com.
political hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to call in in North America. The number is 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Those numbers are on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you're just tuning in, Mahmoud Abbas, the 87-year-old leader of the Palestinian Authority, gave a speech on Monday. He's also in his uh, in his 18th year of his four-year term, his four-year mandate. He gave a speech on Monday to the United Nations where he was uh, it was basically bashing Israel during an Israel bashing session that the United Nations put on. The United Nations sponsored the Israel bashing session. And the keynote speaker was Mahmoud Abbas. And uh, he, we've just been going through some of the lies that he's been talking, that he was talking about. And we got to the most fun one. This is, this is my favorite one that he, that he mentioned. Because, because it is so ludicrously stupid, so idiotic, that anyone with a half a brain cell would probably, uh, you, you, you lose that half a brain cell just hearing this. Now, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to torture you, and I'm going to take your brain cell away. Because we have to understand how propaganda works, and this is how propaganda works. You, you, you repeat a lie over and over and over again until it becomes the truth. And now, he's, he, he compared the Jews to gobbles. And, and that quote I just used was a quote from Goebbels. He actually said that. Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's propaganda minister, said that you know, if you want to convince people to do something, this is how we convinced Europe to kill the Jews. You just got to repeat a lie over and over and over again. Eventually, everyone, everybody believes it. Now, there's no secret that the Palestinian Authority, when they started, when the PLO started in 1965, and the Palestinian people were, were, were created in 1965, one of their great mentors was Hajamin el-Husseini, and and he was a an aide to Hitler. He helped kill Jews um, during World War II, and then he went to Jerusalem. And he was a Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, and 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 he was a great sage who uh, who who gave his blessing to to the creation of this of this of this farce. And, and so a lot of what the Palestinian Authority does, and a lot of the tactics they use, were tactics from the Nazis. They they did the same the same. The same methodology that Nazis used in order to convince the the Europeans that the Jews were, were were subhuman, the Palestinian Authority used to convince the world that Israel was illegitimate. It's it's the same trajectory. And if you take a look and you and you compare the way that the the way they use propaganda, the way the Nazis use propaganda, and the way the Palestinian Authority uses propaganda, you will see that 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 the use of it is almost identical. That they they actually emulated the Nazis in the way they. They created the propaganda machine and the way they use their propaganda machine and the way they structure their propaganda. So, so it's actually fascinating. If you're a historian or you're interested in history and you take a look at these two things, you will be mind blown on, on the fact that, that the Palestinian Authority, even killing Jews, followed the Nazis step by step on, on the way to, to build their empire. And, uh, and just like the Nazis, the Palestinian Authority is going to eventually collapse. It's just a matter of time. But it will happen. People will finally see through the farce. People will finally come to their senses and realize that they've been lied to for the last 75 years. Well, not 75 years. They've been lied to since 1965. Uh, okay, so let's look at the last, uh, last part of what Mahmoud Abbas said. He said that the UN should be implement the hundreds of resolutions that it issued upholding the rights of Palestinians, including Resolution 181 from 1947 
which he said called for the establishment of an Arab state, quote, for the Palestinian people on 44% of the total area of historic Palestine alongside the state of Israel. Now, now, you know, he's cherry picking his his uh, his his information. He's cherry picking what he wants to te- what he wants to say in his speech. And I suppose everybody does that. They cherry pick a little bit. But what Mahmoud Abbas forgot to mention was that the two partition plans, resolutions 181 and 194, were rejected by the Arabs. The Jews said, yep, we, we go for it. And the Arabs said, nope. We're not taking it. We don't want a Jewish state here. He forgot to mention that the Jews said, okay, we'll take a smaller state. We just want to be self-reliant. We don't want to have to rely on other people to govern us anymore. So we'll take a smaller state. And the Arabs said, no, we want the everything. It's all or nothing. And then when the Jews declared independence in this small state that they had, they had decided to accept, when they declared independence... Nearly, you know, just a few hours later, the Arabs attacked them in an unprovoked war, which became Israeli's War of Independence, which eventually led for the establishment of the State of Israel, or at least the uh, the, the 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 growing of the borders of the State of Israel, the the first growing of the borders. So when he says that. Israel should be forced to accept resolutions 181 and 194 and a return of Palestinian refugees or face suspension. When he says that, it's a joke because Israel had already accepted the resolutions and the Arabs turned them down, which nullified them. So, so it's amazing that he's going back there and saying, hey, listen, you know, the, you know, we have to hold the Israelis at fault for something they already said yes to. But you see, today nobody knows history. And if you don't know history, you're going to look at this argument and say, whoa, whoa, that's, that's true. He's, he's right. They should do that. <sighs> he reiterated that his accusation that Israel has committed 50 massacres against Palestinian people and that during the 1948 war, Israel had demolished 350, 550 villages and led to the creation of 957,000 refugees. No, no, it's, it's not true. And if you take a look at the history, it's not true. These, these people didn't exist. The villages didn't exist. This whole thing is made up. It's a, it's a big lie. He also insisted that the UN must recognize Palestine, Palestine as a member state of the UN and provide the Palestinians with international protection. He said this is particularly true given that numbers of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government, including Finance Minister Betzalel Smolvich and National Security Minister Itmar Ben-Vir, have called for the displacement and expulsion of Palestinians. Well, I think any country in the world that had a population within that wanted to destroy them from the inside through boycott, divestment, and sanction movements, through terrorism, I, I think any, any sane country in the world, any sane politician would call for the displacement and expulsion of those people. I don't think if a rebel group in the United States rose up and said, the government is uh, is illegitimate, and now we are going to try to oust the government through um, an economic boycott, a worldwide economic boycott, and terrorism. We're going to start blowing up buses in the middle of New York City, or start blowing up buses in the middle of Toledo. I really don't believe that the Americans would would stand for that very long. Pretty sure that the uh, the FBI would show up and the CIA would would be looking for external for external funders. 
And I'm pretty sure that uh, they would shut this, this, this organization down fairly quickly in order to protect their citizenship, in order to create stability in their country, in order to ensure that the people living in their country are safe all the time. They, they would stop any kind of domestic terrorism. We've seen them stop it. Remember Oklahoma City bombings? They, they went and they arrested Timothy McVeigh immediately, almost, almost instantly he was arrested. Well, when we take a look at the, at the bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993, they found the guys who wanted to bomb the World Trade Center. They arrested them. It turned out to be al-Qaeda, but that was a different story. But they arrested the al-Qaeda operators that, that, that bombed the World Trade Center in 1993. They arrested the, the, the group, the other al-Qaeda group, which was part of the same group, but a splinter cell of the same group, that tried to blow up uh, New York City monuments in 1994. Because nobody's going to accept domestic terrorism. Nobody's going to accept their citizens being blown up, shot, and stabbed in the streets. No government will ever accept that uh, for their citizens because the government's main goal, a government's main job, government's only job, is to make sure that their citizens are safe within the borders of their country. Now, the Israeli government, unfortunately, has, been, has failed in that, in that respect. And they've continued to fail in that respect. Right-wing governments, left-wing governments, all governments have failed in that respect. And, and they've proven the point, the Israeli governments have proven the point, that Jewish life is cheap, that they, that they don't value Jewish life either. By not stopping the terror, and it could be stopped, they could do it easily, and by bowing to the pressure of, of the international market, the international money market, by bowing to the pressure of the Americans and their funding and their threats for funding, from bowing, by bowing to the, to the, to the media, who, who really hate Israel and will do anything to, to help the, the Arabs destroy Israel, by bowing to all these people and not dealing with their problem appropriately, Israel has failed their people. The governments of Israel, the consecutive governments of Israel, right-wing and left-wing, have failed the people of Israel. Simple as that. I know it's, 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 it's not easy to hear, but that's the truth. And on top of all that, by staying a member of the United Nations, an organization that continuously passes resolutions condemning Israel for everything, anything that happens in the state they get condemned for, and giving a pass to anyone who attacks Israel, an organization that, that, that sponsors two days of Israel bashing Two days of people getting up and giving speeches, calling for the de calling to delegitimize Israel, to de to 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 throw Israel out of the United Nations, to to destroy Israel, calling Jews Nazis, spreading lies and and propaganda and hatred continuously for two days in the United Nations building. It's preposterous that Israel is still a member of the United Nations. It's like a kid on the schoolyard who gets bullied every day and then walks up to the bully and says, hit me. Please, hit me again. Hit me again. Why would you do that? It seems like a ridiculous thing to do. It is a ridiculous thing to do. Why would you do that? Why would anybody do that? Yet Israel does it over and over and over again. I remind you, the United Nations was created just after World War II. It was, uh, they, took over the, um, they took over the role of the League of Nations 
and they adopted all the policies of the League of Nations, which means that the uh, that the um, the San Reno Conference, which which declared that the area that is currently Israel, the area that is currently um, part of Syria, the Golan Heights, and a little bit of Syria there, and um, and the entity that is Jordan would become a Jewish state, which declared was it declared as international law. It was declared at the San Reno Conference. If you don't believe me? Look it up. And that became the mandate of Palestine, and these, the, British, the British, who had a couple of debts to pay to some Arab tribes, uh, decided to chop it up and, and not give the Jews the land that was given to them. It's, uh, you know, if you know history, if you, if you understand international law and know history, you understand that there is no, there's no delegitimate state of Israel. In fact, in fact Israel is probably is the most legitimate state in that region. They date back to the it dates back to the League of Nations. I don't understand why Hasbro organizations, organizations that support Israel across North America, across the world, don't 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 actually use facts. There's no reason to argue about the legitimacy of the state of Israel. It's a non-starter. In fact, anytime anyone wants to argue me about the legitimacy of the state of Israel, I always say there's nothing to talk about. International law is clearly on Israel's side. But I know history, and I understand history. The UN must recognize Palestine as a member state. The UN must provide the Palestinians for international protection. Well, I don't think that the UN will do that, and I don't think the UN will provide international international protection to the Palestinian people for Israel. Maybe it should be the other way around. You know, Israel built a uh, a security fence, a wall, um, to to keep terrorists out, and it's worked. It generally worked. You don't see as many terrorist attacks in Israel as you have in the past, although it's starting to ramp up again. But they always they always you know certain points of the year where they ramp up. Um, and they got condemned for that. They got really condemned for that, and, and they they had a um, they they had they had the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement, which which started calling them uh, an apartheid state. And when you start thinking about the, uh, the term apartheid state, and if you know anything about apartheid, if you've ever studied apartheid, and if you haven't, read up on it. And you will see how ludicrous and how insulting, absolutely insulting, using the word apartheid to, uh, to, to describe Israel is. It's not only insulting to Israel, but it's insulting to the victims of apartheid. It is absolutely ludicrously insulting. And the fact that it's being used over and over again, and, and this, is, this is 2023. We're, we're stuck in a world where, where historical context doesn't mean a thing where nobody cares about historical context. And they just throw up words without understanding the meaning of them. Uh, I don't like a politician, he's a Nazi. I don't like what you're doing, you're a Nazi. I don't like what you're doing, you're, you know, you, you're Hitler. And, you know, the state of Israel, state of Israel is, uh, is separating Jews and Arabs because the Arabs keep killing the Jews? Ah, they're apartheid. It's not true. You're not a Hitler, he's not a Nazi, and it's not apartheid. Yet we, we hear this rhetoric over and over and over again. And we just kind of accept it. We sit silently and we just kind of accept this rhetoric. Why do we accept it? I mean, I don't allow it in my, in my presence. I don't allow it. So if somebody starts talking to me and they want to argue with me, they have to make sound and, sound and historically accurate arguments or I'm just going to shut them down. 
And the second they start talking about Nazis or, or apartheid, then this conversation's over because there's nothing left to talk about. Uh, the second you get insulting in, a, in an argument, there's, there's nothing left to talk about. The second you start throwing out wild, ludicrous claims that have no basis in reality, there's nothing left to talk about. And the problem with a lot of Israel advocates, a lot of people who, who say we, we have to have, you know, we have to be a little um, lighter in our tone, we have to, we have to talk and we have to, uh, we have to discuss and we have to understand where they're coming from. The people who claim that are, are just lacking in, in knowledge, lacking in historical knowledge, and, and just don't understand the basic tenets of having an argument, of, of debate, the basic tenets of knowing that when somebody insults you in a debate, that means they're out of arguments. The basic tenets of knowing that when someone makes a false claim and you don't call out that false claim, everybody listening to that debate is believing that false claim. So when Mahmoud Abbas gets up and he gives a speech at the United Nations, which is filled with at least 50 inaccurate statements and, and blatant, bold-faced lies, and the state of Israel sits quietly and allows him to give this speech without protest, when the United Nations sponsors a two-day Israel hate fest in the walls of the United Nations buildings, within the building, and Israel sits quietly without screaming and yelling, and there's no protest in front of the United Nations, and New York Jews are quiet, and Jews around the world are quiet. I haven't heard of one protest. I haven't heard one thing. I haven't seen a mass rally, nothing. When that happens, and, and we're quiet about it, and we don't talk about it, then our apathetic answer to it is, is blatant acceptance. When you don't object to something, you're accepting it. You're, you're agreeing with it. And that's where we are as a Jewish community. The apathy of the Jewish community has gotten to a point where we're now accepting the United Nations, an organization that was, that was, that was created in order to ensure that another world war doesn't happen, an organization that was created to, to unite countries that were fighting with each other, to have them sit down in the same room and discuss their problems and try to work out solutions to their problems, is actually inciting a war, is actually inciting tension between tension uh, with one of their member states. And, and the fact that the Israelis haven't withdrawn themselves from the United Nations, hasn't said this is a joke and we're not going to be part of this anymore, and, 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 and hasn't, hasn't done anything to, to protect themselves in the United Nations, is shameful. It's really shameful. Maybe the money's too good. Maybe maybe it's all about money. I I don't know. I I haven't I haven't figured it out yet. But I know if I go into a room, and there's somebody in that room who's always insulting me and always hitting me and always always kicking me and always spitting my face. I I wouldn't go into that room too often. Or I'd go into the room and fight back. There would be no way that I would sit in that room and allow somebody to spit on me over and over and over again, and me saying thank you, sir. That's, that, that would never happen. Not in my world. And how Israel allows this to continue happening at the United Nations, and how Israel could still walk around with dignity and say we're a, we're a dignified country, is beyond me. It is time for the Israeli government, 
and I don't care if it's the right-wing government, left-wing government, any Israeli government, to get up and say enough is enough. We're not taking this anymore. We're going to take our bags, we're going to pack them, we're going to leave this, this, this place. It's time for that to happen. Unfortunately, we haven't had an Israeli government strong enough to, to do that. And it's very unfortunate. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. I'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us.